0: Chapter 5, Hajj Pilgrimage Spiritual journey with my parents. Stunning moments of praying inside the Kaaba. Performing of Hajj to Mecca is one of the five pillars of Islam. For every Muslim who can afford the expense, the performance of Hajj is mandatory. My father left this world in 1991 when he was 82 and my mother in 1992 when she was about 75 years old. My happiest memory was, Of my time spent with parents was when I travelled with them on the Hajj in 1973. My decision to perform Hajj was under strange circumstances. I was upset with my father regarding some family issues. The guilt I had about my behaviour with him was causing me pain. And I wanted to apologise and express regret. This was at a time when my parents were preparing to go on Hajj. A thought came to my mind that uh, my parents were going alone on a long journey and so why not I go with them and be a support to them in the performance of Hajj and serve and give them comfort in their old age. My parents were to travel by ship. The process for applying to perform Hajj by ship was over and the only option left was to travel by air. I opted for performing the Hajj by air and reached Mecca more or less at the same time my parents reached by ship and joined them in Mecca. I consider that it was one of the greatest blessings of my life to be with my parents in Mecca. The experience I had when my eyes fell on the Kaaba for the first time is beyond explanation. Tears swelled in my eyes and I started crying and prayed. I was fortunate that after my obligatory Hajj, God called me to his house several times. The second Hajj I performed was in 1980, seven years after my first Hajj. This time, I was a member of the Government of India's Goodwill Delegation to Hajj, headed by Mr. C.K. Jafar Sharif, then Union Minister for Railways. During this Hajj, a huge fire broke out in Mina and tents where we were staying were burnt as were a vast number of tents of other pilgrims. We ran from our tents, leaving our belongings behind and started to climb hillocks to save ourselves. Several people died in the fire. My third Hajj was in 1981. Along with Dr. Mumtaz Ahmed Khan, both of us had visited Riyadh, capital of Saudi Arabia to meet the Grand Mufti of Saudi Arabia to seek funds for Alameen Education Society. After meeting him, We went to Mecca to perform Hajj. My fourth Hajj was in 2002 after a gap of 21 years as a member of the Government of India's Goodwill Delegation when I was a Member of Parliament. The fifth Hajj I performed was in 2005. This time I led the Indian Delegation at a time when I was the Deputy Chairman of the Rajya Sabha. During this Hajj, an unforgettable tragedy took place. In Minna, on the last day of Hajj, a stampede occurred and many people died. My sixth Hajj was at the invitation of the Chairman of the Shura Council of Saudi Arabia, which is considered to be Saudi Arabia's parliament. The other members of our delegation were Sayyid Shanawas Hussain, former minister in the NDA government of Shri Atal Bihari Vajpayee and Mr. Salim Iqbal Sherwani, former minister of state, government of India. My 7th Hajj was in 2011 and was a clear demonstration that without God's call, no one can perform Hajj and if this call comes, nobody can stop one from the pilgrimage. The names of delegation were announced And Mr. Sultan Ahmed, then Minister for Tourism, was to lead the delegation. A day before the departure of the delegation, I received a phone call when I was attending the Nehru Memorial Lecture in Delhi. The phone call was from the Prime Minister's office informing me that the Prime Minister, Dr. Manmohan Singh, wanted me to lead the Indian delegation. I was taken aback. I hadn't thought, even in my dreams, that I would be going on Hajj in 2011. I only had less than 24 hours of notice from the Prime Minister's office. This was uh, followed up by a call from Dubai from our external affairs minister, at that time, Mr. S.M. Krishna, requesting me to lead the delegation. I rushed to my residence immediately and informed my wife and other family members. At that time, my two-year-old grandson, Arhan, had fallen ill and was admitted to an intensive care unit in a hospital. How could I think of undertaking a journey? when my grandson was in a serious condition. I consulted my family and they were unanimous that this was a call from the God and that I should go. They said that I should go and pray at the Kaaba for the health of Arhan and assured me that the family and doctors would take care of the child. I thought that there was some purpose in this and that I had no right to reject a God's call. I gave my consent to the government for leading the Hajj delegation. Coincidentally, my two younger brothers Ahmed Khan and Rasul Khan were in Delhi. They had not performed the Hajj. I asked them if they could accompany me and they agreed. My sister-in-law, Rasul Khan's wife, also expressed her desire to join us as did Mehboob Ali Khan, a close friend of mine about whom I have mentioned earlier in the book. Normally, it is impossible to think of going on a journey like Hajj without preparation like getting a visa and making ticket bookings. This incident of my performance of Hajj that year was unique. It is an illustration of the fact that if something happens to you, of which you have no prior hint, you simply surrender to the will of God. Apart from the joy of performing Hajj, I will never ever forget the most memorable moment of my life of having the rare and blessed opportunity to enter inside the Kaaba and offer my prayers. The experience of this is something I simply cannot explain in words. I thank Almighty God immensely for blessing me with this chance to enter inside the Kaaba. Through my frequent visits in performing Hajj and Umrah, the minor pilgrimage, I started taking keen interest in the Hajj management by the Hajj Committee of the Government of India. India has the third largest number of Muslims in the world. The number of pilgrims from India who perform Hajj at present is about 1.9 lakhs and this will probably be increased. The Indian Hajj contingent is the third largest contingent after Indonesia and Pakistan. The government of India facilitates Indian pilgrims to perform Hajj and has enacted an act by parliament, the Hajj Committee Act and has constituted a statutory body, the Hajj Committee of India, which undertakes all arrangements for Indian Hajj pilgrims, both in India and in Saudi Arabia. In addition, the Indian Embassy in Saudi Arabia looks after the arrangements for the safety and health of the Indian pilgrims and provides the other consular assistance. When I became a member of parliament, I took keen interest in problems of Indian Hajj pilgrims. Traditionally, Indian pilgrims used to go Hajj by ship. Before partition, the embarking point for Indian pilgrims was either Mumbai or Karachi. After partition, Mumbai was the only embarking point for Indian Hajj pilgrims. It was a strenuous journey and used to take 7 to 8 days by ship to cover the distance to Jeddah. The Saudi Arabian government also started imposing many conditions for the pilgrims going to Hajj and discouraged them from coming by ship. During Mr. P. V. Rao's government, going for Hajj by ship was cancelled. Pilgrims now had to take the air route only. The government of India felt that it would not be possible for all the pilgrims to bear the high cost of air travel and they started subsidizing the fare in 1996. The subsidy started with 5,000 rupees for about 25,000 pilgrims. Gradually, in 2013 14, it became 88,000 rupees for 1,30,000 pilgrims. The amount of subsidy the government of India was bearing was to the order of 7 to 8 crore rupees in the beginning and it went up to rupees 800 crores. I made a study of the entire process of this subsidy and raised several issues before the government and in the parliament, pointing out that uh, this subsidy was causing damage to the image of the community. People of the country were wondering why this religious performance should be subsidized. Pilgrims were also not happy that uh, fare charge per charter flight was three times more than the normal commercial fare from India to Saudi Arabia. These subsidies were subsidizing Air India's losses. I advocated a separate Hajj management system based on the fairly successful Malaysian model. I held discussions, seminars and conferences in this regard to highlight the need for the management of Hajj to be transparent and for it to sustain without a subsidy. The Honourable Supreme Court of India also held that the subsidy should be disbanded gradually. Today, there is no subsidy, which makes me happy. As a minister, the various steps I took on this issue can be read in my narration under my role as a union minister.